2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, that show about video games, nerd stuff, and friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. We got a special guest with us today. We do have a special guest, a return guest, rather, our good friend, Cardell, a.k.a. Emperor Remuel. Or is it Remuel Rydell? It's both, depending on which platform I'm on. <laughs> Xbox, Remuel Rydell, and on PlayStation, I am the Emperor. All right, there you go. We kind of telegraphed this last week, but you had reached out to us to say, hey, I gotta get on here and defend Elden Ring. I don't like the way you guys are talking shit about it. You can try. and i am so for that because i I am eventually going to play it but i feel like my experience is probably going to be much like Derek's. i'm going to not get very far and then get turned off again it's going to be like most of my from software experiences i legitimately thought the same thing when i started it because i was like it's Elden ring it's a souls game i'm gonna i'm not gonna finish it that's intriguing that you had the same thought well i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Elden ring and uh we figured you would be happy to join us for the rest of the episode, so let's get into it. Yeah. One thing that all three of us have actually done now, as of today, is we've all three seen The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Since we all have seen it and we can't spoil each other, we would first do spoiler-free thoughts, because we haven't heard your thoughts, Derek, obviously, and not yours, mm-hmm. Cardell. And then once we get your spoiler-free thoughts out of the way, if we want to talk spoilers, we can. That sound good? Yeah. All right, yeah. I'll make sure to timestamp it. So, what did you think? I liked it. I did. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like a groundbreaking Batman movie. I mean, it's very... It's still DC to the point to where it's only nighttime in Gotham. Unless there's a funeral. <laughs> yeah, unless there's a yeah. funeral for some reason, that's got to be in the daylight. Yeah. But then it gets dark 20 seconds later, so... That's true. For what it was, I liked it. I completely hate the costume designs. Really? Interesting. I mean, Batman's is okay, but like the rest of them are just kind of, I guess I'll talk about it like when we get to the spoiler parts, I don't want to reveal too much, but Catwoman, her costume is, everything is great until you get to the helmet. Mm, okay, fair enough. I didn't really notice that, but I guess we can talk about it in more detail. I, I think they were probably going for something more realistic, which I mean, it's not like that hasn't been tried before, but uh, right. it didn't really distract me. What 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 you think would be a better design for Catwoman? So they tried to put her in her uh, leather cat suit, which is a Catwoman staple, like comic books. So it's yeah. kind of a thing. But when it got to like her helmet, it was literally a beanie that they cut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cat burglars would wear probably pull over like a ski mask or something, right? Right. But I mean, you could have at least put like a hood or something on the cat suit. It didn't have to be like anything groundbreaking, but. It, Literally a beanie that someone just kind of cut into. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like bad. vaguely in the shape of a cat head, but not really. A hood would have put them over budget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we put all the budget into the Batman suit. Quick, we forgot a helmet. Right, uh, damn it. I've got this beanie and scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Make it work. Yeah. All right, well, Derek, what about you? Oh, man, I, I don't want to say I loved it, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I was captivated the entire time mm. it was so good to me i don't know especially the beginning the beginning mm. is what really pulled me in it's like how they put the mystery behind batman and how the criminals are like afraid they look in the darkness and then they look in the sky and they see the <laughs> the bat signal and they're like fuck batman's right 
he's got to be in that darkness, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then they just stop doing what they're doing. It's like, I, I don't want to get into spoilers. Well, we'll I'll talk about it yeah. afterwards. But I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get sleepy not one time. <laughs> this three-hour movie. My wife fell asleep a few times. But yeah. <laughs> Well, we can forgive her for that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you've heard my thoughts last week. I thought it was a really good film. I really love the cinematography. The lighting was really good. I mean, I think that plays into what you were talking about, like looking into the darkness and how it was shot at night and how they played with shadow and yeah. and light. And I really liked the soundtrack and the score, while simplistic, I thought was really effective. And I thought it was too long. I do think they could have edited it down. Now, with you being captivated from start to finish, do you also think it was too long or do you think it was just right? Well, I, I definitely felt the length, okay, of the movie. You felt it. But I don't, I don't think that it was too long. I, like I said, I, I was captivated. I enjoyed pretty much every scene. You were down just to stick around in Gotham for three hours. I'm ready to go on this ride. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, with that said, unless you guys have any more non-spoiler thoughts, we can get into spoilers. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. All right, skip ahead in the timestamp if you haven't seen the Batman. You do not want to ruin it for yourself. All right, spoiler talk. Here we go. Okay. <sighs> Riddler's costume is awful. Riddler. <laughs> so it's Riddler's costume that you don't like. What what, yeah. what do you think is bad about it? First of all, I didn't even know it was the Riddler. Like normally when it comes to like movie adaptations of villains, I should be able to go, oh yeah, I can tell who this villain is supposed to be, even with a mm. vague change. Mm-hmm. I had no idea he was supposed to be Riddler until like the first riddle came in. And so like his costume design just looks like a, uh, what is it? It's like cellophane wrapped around his head with like geeky yeah. glasses on his yeah. eyes. Yeah, and, and then it. he's got uh, like that throw over. What is it? Like a poncho. It's so bad. And I understand what they were trying to do with him. And I kind of like this little bit unhinged Riddler. I love it actually. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. The <it> <laughs> best scene in there was uh when you finally get him in the uh prison and he's talking to the Riddler. Just the dynamic between yeah. the two is just so good. It's funny that you guys brought that, or that you brought that up, and that you like it too, Derek. That was one of the scenes I didn't like. Really, really. Well, let me explain. Paul Dano just being crazy and acting crazy. He's a, an excellent actor. Don't get me wrong. And I do like some of the characterization of the Riddler. I think the scene where he's like, you know, sending videos to the Batman was very Heath Ledger Joker. You know what I mean? Like, and then. <laughs> You know, like going from sing-songy to barking. Yeah. And then when he was talking to Batman, him just all of a sudden out of nowhere, just being like, Ave Marie. And this high-pitched voice was cringe. A I loved bit. that because the whole time I was hearing Ave Marie, I was like, is that a creepy version of Ave Maria? And then they finally brought it full circle and he started singing. I was like, yes, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it was, it was too on the nose, like cinema language. I'm crazy. Let me sing a song. And pretend I'm, I'm not having a conversation with you and then batman's on the other side and then punching and i'm like where are the people that work here <laughs> he's like breaking their glass no one stepped in and go excuse me mr batman could you not could you not could you not <laughs> this glass so, is expensive mr batman yeah that scene took me out of it a little bit it just it didn't feel tonally consistent with the rest of the film but that's just me personally yeah yeah i like how he was referred to as vengeance the whole time Yes. He had not been coined Batman yet. He's just like, I'm Vengeance. And then all the criminals are like, Vengeance is coming to get us. Yeah, I think they only said like the Batman once. I don't even think they said Batman. I said, at the very end. 
Yeah. The entire theme of the movie is why is he Batman? He's Batman because his parents are killed and he's seeking vengeance against Gotham City. He's vengeance for the people who have been wronged. And then towards the end of the movie, he realizes vengeance isn't enough. He needs to be more. Yeah, it's not even that it's enough, although that that is how they phrase it, that he needs to be more. Mm-hmm. It, he even has that monologue, which, you know, monologues can be good or bad in films, but I like that they capped off because it really did kind of put a bow on things. He's like, I've been doing this two years and crime is up. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm fighting crime with fear and I am vengeance, right? So he's using fear, but apparently instilling fear in criminals is not the way to solve crime. Duh, mm-hmm. we all know that. And I feel like it was a it was a tonal shift for Batman to be up with the times because Batman comes from an era and a lot of superheroes do where it's just very black and white, good and bad. The bad guys go to jail and people are just evil. But we all know things aren't that simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I believe in an abolitionist theory. I mean, we talked about that very briefly in Spider-Man, but Gamer Friends did a better job of it where I think, that you know, you can redeem people and that you should and that a more restorative something more approach to crime is what is needed i mean what is the biggest joke about batman he's got all that money that he could use to institute real change and he just runs around at night in his pajamas punching people (laughs) (laughs) and what brought it home this is what i love what brought it home was all of those riddler copycats right they're trying to shoot that politician at the end of the movie when they asked the guy his name he said vengeance. Mm-hmm. And you could just see all the acting behind the Batman mask. Uh, like, can we just say Robert Pattinson was amazing in this. But he was just like, oh, shit, that's yeah. my name. <laughs> and you could just see the shift in his mind. And I mean, I love the shot, even though it is a little bit on the nose. But I love the shot of him with the flare helping yeah. the people across the water and trying to get them out and away from danger. I thought it was, you know, again, it's one of those beautiful shots in the film. And again, you could say it was a little bit more direct and hammy, but it fit the tone of the movie, which to me was a little bit hammy at times. You know, it was it was very edgelord for most of it, and then it kind of had that that twist in the message at the end, which I loved. So yeah, I uh, I wish I had not seen the animated Long Halloween mm. because this movie draws a lot of inspiration from that. That's true, like You're from right. the story, like with uh, Catwoman being Falcone's daughter. Mm-hmm. But in that movie was the first time that I ever heard that that was a thing, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And yeah. then I was like, "Yep, yep, Falcone's her daddy. That's why she's in the movie." Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. John Turturro as Falcone threw me off. I saw this movie with my wife, and she was like, "Isn't that the dude from Transformers?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "I was like, that's the dude from Mr. Deeds." <laughs> yeah, the Butler. He was in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Too. Mm-hmm. He's one of the three guys. Normally you see him as like one of those like super goofy characters and then he takes on this mob boss and just kills it. Yeah. Crushed it. Such a good job. There were like no bad performances in that movie. No. no. I mean Colin Farrell as the penguin. I forgot. What are you I... doing, sweetheart? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> After I got out of the movie, I remembered. I was like, oh shit, that was Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I-, I like when they uh Gordon and Batman tied him up. Or handcuffed him. And after yeah. they left, he's like waddling like a penguin. <laughs> I was like, look, man, he's waddling like a penguin. <laughs> I did like Penguin's design. Yeah. yeah I yeah. really did enjoy it. I was like, that's mobster penguin. Love it. Yeah. No, it was pretty good. No, I really love the movie. What's your What's your favorite scene, guys? Like, Derek, what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is the one that has me asking this big question is when Batman, at the end of the movie, he's been shot. And he's like fucked up and Catwoman's about to get killed. And then he takes out this green vial 
and he stuffs it in his leg. And I'm yeah. like, is that venom? It was adrenaline. Yeah, he just it was an adrenaline shot. Is adrenaline green? I think that was just because when you have liquid on film, especially in a small vial, you need people to be able to see it. So you kind of uh-huh. have to amplify it. I think they picked a contrasting color. So you could tell he was injecting something in his leg, not just putting something on his leg. Like, what is that? I don't know, man. Bane uses Venom and Venom is green. And the way he was acting afterwards seemed like he had went like a little. Like he had been shot with adrenaline. Venom being green is, it's been green and it's been yellow. It really just depends on which yeah. Bane design they use. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to stick with he was using Venom. He's encountered Bane before. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he encountered Bane, he wouldn't want to use Venom because Venom fucks Bane up. But yeah. uh, fair enough. I, I think it was adrenaline. I, I, I use the more like the, the easiest explanation is usually the correct one. But you know what? They could come out with a sequel and I could be totally wrong. It's an interesting yeah. theory for yeah. sure. My favorite yeah. scene is the deleted scene. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. The one with Joker. You didn't see the Joker one? That was also one of my least favorite scenes when the Joker was talking to the Riddler in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, that was shit bad. Out. That was bad. And I don't <laughs> like the design of the Joker. But uh, that's just me. I hope it was deleted for the sole purpose of not using that design. Because yeah, I like the design. I think it's one of those they're trying to reel you in. Like, oh yeah, people didn't like the uh, Jared Leto new hipster style Joker, Cholo Joker. Yeah, they loved <laughs> the uh, Heath Ledger Joker with mm. the scars. So let's amplify with more scars. Yeah. Do you know how I got this entire face? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> This one looks like he legit fell into an acid bath. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it could be an acid bath. Yeah, you're right. His fingers were all, like, destroyed, and the flesh Mm -hmm. was ripped back from him, and his mouth was stuck in this, like, permanent, bubbled-up state. Like, he couldn't couldn't close his mouth all the way. Like, he was missing hair, and it was as green as patches. I don't know. I liked it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Cardo, what was your favorite scene? The, your least favorite, actually. The one with Batman. Paul Dano and, and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm right, and I'll have to look this up, but if uh, the first villain I remember finding out that Bruce Wayne was Batman, because there's a list you find out, the Riddler was one of the first, if not the first, because of how he is. So when he comes out and he goes, Bruce Wayne, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, this is going <laughs> to get good. Well, the thing about, I'm, I really like the riddles in this movie. I thought they were interesting, but I didn't like how Batman solved them. It always felt incidental. Like somebody nearby would say something and that would lead him to the riddle yeah. rather than him solving them himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somebody would say something like, he's like, he's asking you this. Oh, it's this. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's yes. Like, All right. World's worst detective. <laughs> like, so he would be trying to figure it out and somebody would step in like, hey, we found this card with a clue. Oh, now yeah. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite sequences in the film was the introduction of the Batmobile. Uh-huh. Yeah. They actually, yeah, they actually yeah. made the Batmobile scary. I was like, oh, I'm yes. afraid of that car. Like, <laughs> and they didn't have to make it bulky. No. Because the last Batmobile was a tank. Yeah, yeah, no, this one was definitely more of a souped up car. Not street legal by any means. It was just very, I don't know, it was scary and aggressive. And then the actual, the whole car scene and the car chase was awesome. I was having a great time. I think it's... Uh, a good car chase or a good car sequence. Yeah. It's not easy to do well, but I was really on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Now, the whole him getting a ramp above the explosion right at the last second, that was a little like, okay. But it was still cool. I was like waiting for the Batmobile to rise above the flames, and it did. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, we can talk well, about this film all day. I think we can move on from yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, we should have just did a spoiler cast. <laughs> I know, right? It separately. It's a great movie. 
But yeah, we'll, we'll move on. You saw a few more things this week, Derek. What, what have you been getting into? Uh, yeah, so I went and I saw the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie, which is a prequel to Jujutsu Kaisen the anime series. And all I can say is it was fucking dope. Okay. Uh, animation was top tier. Uh, if you're into Jujutsu Kaisen and you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's worth it. It gives some insight to one of the most powerful characters in the series. Definitely worth the money. Definitely worth the money. We went to Flix Brew House like two days in a row. We mm. saw Jujutsu Kaisen <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Batman. It was it was awesome. And I also got a chance to catch the first episode of Moon Knight on Disney mm. Plus. Stars Oscar Isaacs as Moon Knight. And I mean, it was a good first episode. We didn't really see a lot of action in it because the character suffers from like dissociative identity disorder. Right. So he's got like two different personalities in there. And just every time like his other personality takes over, it like blinks and flashes and then it shows like a bunch of fucked up shit that happened. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? Ah! <laughs> it looks like it's pretty decent. So I'm going to keep up with it. And you guys should check it out this week. So we can talk about it next week, Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right. I'm interested. I just didn't know that it dropped. And the thing is, I knew it was gonna drop in March. I just spaced it. It's a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, especially uh Sunday night. Oh boy. Uh <laughs> so I I remember I called Derek up on Monday and I was like, um <laughs> I'm not really in the know on things, but on Black Twitter, people keep talking about this event that they're not referring to directly, and something happened, and then I, I looked at the news. Uh, Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <he sure> did. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh. Holy crap. So I, I figured, I mean, this is ice cold tea. Like it's brisk, baby. Everybody and their mom has been talking about this this yeah. week. And it's not even really video game related or nerd related, you could say, but I, I there's a lot of video game memes it. coming from it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's some good ones out there, like Sephiroth telling Cloud, keep my yeah. mother's name Maybe out your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. I really don't. Like, on one hand, yeah, stand up for your wife. On the other hand, comedians be comedians. I agree with you that, like, on the surface, what the hell? Derek and I were talking about it, and I was trying to see both sides, but you weren't having it. I remember you, yeah, no, you got I a little was, pissed. Ooh. You was like, now, if, you, if anybody listening knows me, you know that I do not show my emotions very often. It's something that I'm working on. But when <laughs> Mike started talking to me about this, I went off. Yeah. I went off, and I, I was very heated because it upset me. It upset me deeply. Because, yeah. like you said, it at the end of the day, it's just a joke. And I know that they said that she was suffering from alopecia and she talked about it, but Chris Rock apparently did not know anything about that. I don't think he would have made that joke if he did, yeah. Exactly. And he's not a vindictive type of comedian, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's not no. messy like that, so... He doesn't go for shocking laughs. Right. He's like, mm-hmm. come on, it was G- it was G.I. J. joke, come on. It was a lame-ass joke. Like, he said, I love you eh. beforehand. That's not a qualifier to like to. Well, I'm just saying that it's not vindictive. Like, yeah, like, no, no. You know, like when you're talking shit to your buddies and you're like, you know what I mean? She gave it an eye roll, which is about all it deserved. And Will Smith even laughed at it at first. Yeah. And I, then he just, I don't know, he got it in himself to go up there and do something about it. It felt very performative to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, the way you deal with that is you take the guy aside backstage, right? Like, hey, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's been so publicly emasculated lately, at least in the eyes of like traditional masculinity. 
And obviously he had an agreement with her and, and whatever them being open, mm-hmm. but it getting out there and her talking about, I don't know. Yeah. I'm there, just there's so much context that, to this. Yeah. I'm just going to maintain that regardless Will Smith was wrong for going out there. No, he was wrong. Chris Rock. Period. Oh yeah. There was, yeah. I, don't think yeah, that's up to I see debate. people I mean, like defending that and I'm yeah. like, so somebody says something you don't like as a joke, then you can just go and knock the shit out of them. Like, yeah. That's just, that's what we're going for. That's what we're doing. Okay. For me, it's one of those things like I don't condone your actions, but I can at least understand your reasoning. Even if it's bad reasoning, because it is bad reasoning. Yeah, it is yeah. bad reasoning, but I can understand how you got from point A to I B. I think Jada gave him a look. Yeah, <laughs> but even if she gave him a look, I don't think the look was go up and slap the shit out of Chris Rock. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she rolled her eyes, which is, I mean, it was a stupid fucking joke. I'm talking about when the camera panned away. Mm. Rolled her eyes, looked at Will like, really? You won't let him talk to me back? I mean, I haven't been married to my wife as long as Will has been married to Jada, but we don't have a look like, go smack the shit out of that dude. So maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe uh, they do. Maybe they do. We don't have that inside language yet. But uh, yeah, no, I just, yeah, the alopecia, you know, somebody talked about Will Smith and his parents being domestic and him always regretting not taking up for his mother. So maybe he thought that was his moment. They talked about the joke that Chris Rock had made previously uh, when Jada was boycotting, like nobody invited you anyways and yeah. all this shit. And again, none of it really excuses what he did. So, yep. yeah, I'm not, I, I, mm, I do not agree that that was the right thing to do. And <sighs> we've heard a lot of takes about it this week and we'll probably continue to hear takes. Chris Rock is marrying on it for a bit. I don't think he's really spoken about it other than to say that he feels like he'll speak about it on a later date. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but we, we're not going to talk about it no more. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to speak about it, but I will say one thing. Chris Rock could take a hit like a G. <laughs> I know that. They was like, he took Ali's best hit. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Because Will Smith was like, ha! <laughs> That's the second where you can see Chris Rock's fist kind of almost clench up. Like he no, no, no. He stepped it. back. He was waiting for the second hit, right? Yeah. You're going to sucker punch somebody. They're going to brace for the second hit. You know, hit me once. Shame on you. Hit me twice. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that pissed me off the most. It's the last thing I'll say is that he sucker punched him. He did. Like, he, he sucker punched the shit. He didn't, he didn't like, even telegraph the punch at all. Like, he, nope. he didn't raise he his hand like a point to slap him. <laughs> I was like, God he just, damn. Bow, was like, bad. he was trying to swat a fly. But yeah, that was wild. It affected me too. I saw that on Monday, and I just I got I got uh, I was I got jitters. I was like, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I've weird to see that. I've seen that damn slap so many times. I'm not even phased anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys. If it wasn't for that slap, I would have never even known the Oscars happened. Exactly. Same. Same. And the, the fucked up thing is, I thought that Chris Rock was hosting. Thank God. Could you imagine if he had to do the rest of the show like that? That kind of yeah. energy. Bruh, I was like, damn, now they took away from uh, who was actually hosting. <laughs> it's like one parent hit the other parent at the dinner table, and we all still got to eat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Y'all better sit down. <laughs> we in this table. <laughs> and his, his fucking acceptance speech. Mm-mm. Yeah. Anyways. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Let's talk let's about some on. video game. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's a video game podcast. And, and again, we have timestamps, so hopefully anybody that wasn't interested already skipped ahead. Cardell, you're our guest. What you playing? Recently, I've been playing Elden Ring, but we'll get into that later. Sure. I've been playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Okay. This is actually kind of funny, and it says on topic. So I was playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and I was trying out the um, Graveborn class, and I mm. liked it. I was like, oh, this is a good class. I'll play it. And so uh, my wife, she was playing the other day, and we were going to try out the split screen. I was like, okay, I'll try another class. So while loading up the game and loading up my Graveborn so I can put some of my items in my chest, Mm-hmm. Our power goes out. 
throughout the whole house. No. Okay. While I was loading. So I go back, oh. character completely corrupted. I have to delete oh. it and start a new game. Damn. That sucks. Yeah. That's why you don't let your wife play games with you, bro. Yeah, that's where you <laughs> fucked up, really. Play it. That recently happened to me with a, The Ascent. I lost a level, like, 26 character on The Ascent oh, uh, just because I played co-op with somebody and it, it overwrote my character. I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. 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 That'll kill it. Wonderlands, it's it's fun. You guys should definitely, if you haven't checked it out, you should. The only reason why I haven't been interested in checking it out is I got kind of burned out on Borderlands. Like, I didn't even play yeah. Borderlands 3, even though I bought it on sale. I just haven't even booted it up. I was so yeah. just strung out after all that DLC that released for Borderlands 2, including the Tiny Tina DLC, which I did play. It yeah. was interesting. I mean, how would you compare it to borderlands one and two and do you feel like it has enough going for it to kind of stand alone or do you think it's just more borderlands for borderlands fans it can definitely stand alone it doesn't have too many overlapping characters i've met two so far mm. but mostly it's just introducing two new characters that are hanging out with tina and playing this game a guy named valentine who was voiced by andy samberg okay and then a robot named fret who's voiced by wanda sites that voice talent is that bringing the heat? Oh, it's definitely really good. It is a D&D spinoff, so it's got a lot of the troops in there. Mm. Andy Samberg's character, Valentine, wants to play this super sexy, super important, almost paladin-like personality. Mm-hmm. And then Wanda Sykes is more of the, let's learn about the world and observe things. That character's interested in the lore. Yeah, it's definitely really, really good. The classes are fun. Mm-hmm. I may, I found one class that I'm like, eh, it's not for me, but even then it's kind of, it still looks cool. Okay. But yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, I like it. Check it out if you can. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will, especially if it, it goes on sale. And it, it probably will, because Gearbox loves to put their shit on sale. So <laughs> To compare yeah. it, like, thematic-wise, it's sort of like what Saints Row 3 does to the Saints Row series, where it's just uh, over-the-top goofy. Yeah. Mm. It's Tiny Tina's world, and she's kind of herself. Yeah, well, she's... She's basically Ashley Birch playing Ashley's character from Hey Ashley, What You Playing? Like she does the same yeah, voice yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still insane to think that Ashley Birch also voices Aloy. Aloy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Those two different personalities. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit actually about her voice acting in Horizon, but I'm happy for her. You know, she started in Borderlands 2 and then she's getting all this work and good for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She seems like a really nice person. She worked on Adventure Time. Oh, prior to Borderlands? I didn't know that. Yeah. She worked on Adventure Time. She's been on uh, Critical Role, mm-hmm. yeah, which is, uh, if that, you've yeah. seen Legend of Vox Machina, it's, oh, based, so it's what that's based off of. So right on. she, I think, if I'm correct, she's also in Legend of Vox Machina. Mm. I think she voices uh, Lady Kima. Mm. Okay. There you go. She's out here getting work. Good for mm-hmm. you. All right. What else have you been getting into lately? I also played Solasta, Crown of the Magister on PC. If you have a PC and you love Dungeons and Dragons the way I love Dungeons and Dragons, get this game. It is a small yeah. studio, and they're already about to release their third DLC for this game. Mm. It is a turn-based tactics like it's really like playing D anD. d It has the same dice system, the same stat system, mm. uh, a lot of the classes that are um, in the public domain that they use, but they also have their own like homebrewed stuff that they add in. Okay. And thematically, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, like it's basically, you know, warriors and wizards. Before you can even start the game, you have to create four characters. You create four characters from the ground up, and then you select what campaign you're going to play. There are multiple campaigns that you can play, each one having their own starting level and like level cap. 
that's neat yeah All it's right. it's yeah, really good cool. like i haven't even finished the first campaign it's definitely pretty you get your money's worth out of it and i spent like 20 bucks on it oh, i don't know how nice. much it is now but i spent 20 bucks when it was an early access fair enough all right well sounds good Any, anything else you been getting into lately playing cyberpunk replaying cyberpunk i should say okay so you're, are you PS4. playing the uh yeah ps5 version then yeah it yeah. is if you've beaten cyberpunk back before all these updates start a new game play it now it is so much better yeah. i still have my gripes but yeah. i think it's so much better like i still hate vehicle controls like vehicle controls still control like crap yeah, they do. There's a lot to enjoy about Cyberpunk. I mean, it didn't live up to, obviously, its own hype prior to release. But there are some really good stories, uh, really easily missable stories, too, to be honest. Like, Center yeah. Man's really easily missable. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with you that if you played it initially when it first launched, that now is probably a good time to go back. We had talked about yeah. that. I was sitting and waiting for um, New Game Plus before I started a new game, but then I was like, mm -hmm. they released like some ma a major update yeah. for the next-gen consoles, and I was like, well, I'll give this a shot. And I'm like, yeah, this is... I've sit down and played it for hours. Like I like these kind of open-world games like that, where I can just get lost in the exploration. That's kind of sure. how I get my kicks mm -hmm. in these games. Mm -hmm. And there's so much small little hidden things, small little hidden lore throughout uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, a lot of references too. You know, yeah. like uh, reference to The Office, reference mm -hmm. to Glados, all, all kinds there's of a, stuff. There's a reference to Batman in there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the Merc Man, the Merc yeah. Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told Derek about that when I found it. Since that's his nickname, I thought that was pretty funny. All right, well, cool, Derek. What you get into this week? First off, Mario Odyssey. Nora's asking me again. Can she say Bowser from Princess Peach? As mm -hmm. soon as we turn it on, she hands me the controller. She's like, play. Did you say save Bowser from Princess Peach? Yes, I did. You know, <laughs> uh, I wanted to point this out. I noticed this during editing. You also said, when you were imitating her, you said, Peach isn't supposed to get with Mar uh, Bowser. Mario's supposed to get with Bowser. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Her, her, her speak confuses me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, all, all the names are getting crossed up. But I, I knew what yeah. you meant. I just think you've been looking at really weird fan art. Oh, oh mm. well, yeah, it's out there for sure. Oh, oh. oh boy! <laughs> I mean, after your Fue Coco incident, I'm sure we all Fue Coco. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's funny about the wedding amiibo is the way that they're positioned. You can make Mario and Bowser hold hands, and then just <laughs> like this, like oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so it's a really fun way to set them up, and it, it looks great. Yeah, but uh, enjoying that, I'm actually finding some moons I didn't find the first time around. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah, okay, that's dope. Cool. Yep. I actually did some online ranked Tekken 7. Wow. Now, you know me. I don't fuck with the multiplayer like that. But I actually, no, I was like, you know what? Let me try my hand at this. And I won a few matches, and I was very proud of myself. And then I got my ass kicked a lot. <laughs> I had a question about that when I heard, when I watched the episode where you said you bought that. Yeah. How does Negan play? Ugh, I don't like Negan the way he plays. I don't like the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the trailer and it was Negan speaking Japanese. And I was like, oh, this is uh, funny. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball about <number> two. <laughs> no, he, uh, he plays terribly to me. He's very slow. He hits heavy. But you know me, I went online with my number one guy, Fang Wei. And I was kicking some ass and I got my ass kicked. The thing about Tekken 7 is since they added in like juggling and when you hit the ground, they can hit you and continue a combo. It's like, I didn't learn how to do all that 
and mm. <laughs> getting all that. And I just I feel like it cheapens the one on one gameplay because it's like, okay, now I'm juggled. Now you're hitting me forever and now I'm dead. Instead of like actually trading blows and like blocking and dodging. Because you can't do anything when you're being juggled. You, you no, cannot you just do it. Take the hit. Well, to play devil's advocate for a second, I mean, it does encourage you to really dive deep into the extensive move set, and the timing is tight. So, for someone to truly be able to juggle you from start to finish, they got to know what they're doing, and yeah. you got to completely not know what you're doing. You know what I mean? I, I had a friend that specialized in king, and he could sometimes get those, you know, full chain health throws. bar, yeah, chain yep. attacks off, but not against somebody who plays Tekken regularly. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I'm still I'm still enjoying that uh that Tekken Bowl. Oh my god. Yeah, Tekken Bowl's great. I fucking love Tekken Bowl. I miss Tekken Bowl. I need to I almost picked up Tekken Seven just for Tekken Bowl. You should have. It. Yeah. It's worth the thirty dollars. It was worth the thirty dollars. <laughs> sure. yeah, it was worth the thirty I may pick it yeah, up. Yeah, and playing as Leroy Smith. Leroy Smith's a badass motherfucker. Oh uh, yeah, he is. He reminds me of uh my older brother's old Wing Chun teacher when we used to go to a day camp. That's great. I yeah. love that that's based off of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, next, I actually picked up Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay. Oh. And I am enjoying it. Yeah. I am enjoying it. Now, for those of you that. that don't know, currently it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's about an event in Tokyo where everybody, let's just say they're raptured away. You know, you, in the rapture, they their clothes are just left on the ground mm-hmm. and their spirits disappear. Everybody's spirits are being captured, and then there's these otherworldly beings called visitors, and they just look like weird versions of regular people. Like there's schoolgirls with no heads, and there's these slender man guys with umbrellas that just walk towards you real fast, and they start. <laughs> it's it's creepy for a second, but it doesn't really lean into the horror aspect of it. I've more heard into that. the more into the action, which I'm fine with. Because Dead Space scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> no, no, you were hoping that it was more action That's what drew you to it. So. Yes, oh my God. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I can see how it would get repetitive to some people. Mm. Like, the gameplay is very, like, okay, here's some enemies, shoot them, shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. Collect this stuff, collect this stuff. Okay, here's some more enemies, shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. And then, like, it just repeats and repeats like that. But I actually like it. I think the character's hand movements are just cool to look at. Well animated. Yeah, they're well animated. He's like, whew. and he can charge it up and then he throws like two or three wind arrows and the powers are cool the only thing that upsets me is that i have to play it in english i really want to play it in japanese but it's a first person shooter and i cannot look at the bottom of the screen while i'm in a firefight yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's very unfortunate because i started playing at first i was like oh the japanese voice acting it sounds so good and then i turn over to english and i'm like He's like, well, maybe you can go over here and you can grab some of this stuff. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, I'm about eight hours in and I got to a pivotal point in the story where it kind of just takes away your full abilities. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> That's what I, I hate when games do that, where they give you all this power and they just take it from you. Those segments can be cool if they're done well, but it's just like so few games do them well. An example of you being depowered where it actually worked, for me at least, was the Wolverine game. Remember that? Wolverine Origins. The X-Men Origins game? Yeah, yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. There's a part where you get to the lab where you're injected with something and it dulls your powers. So then you have to really get tactical and smart about how you clear the room of like soldiers and they have cloaking technology 
So it just really forces you not to lean on your healing, but more on your move set and the environment to take them out efficiently. And that mm-hmm. actually elevated the game for me. So that was a cool instance of that working. I think another one that did it well was God of War 2. When uh, he has to put the power into the Sword of Olympus, so he starts losing oh, yeah. a lot of his god powers. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was another one. That's what I was thinking of when you mentioned I was like, God of War did it really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So I know you haven't gotten very far in the story, but do you feel like the story is a bit of a draw outside of the gameplay loop? Like, do you think people will be drawn in by, you know, the series of events? You're making a face. I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) I really don't think so. And honestly, if I had to just tell you all my opinion now, if you can wait for a sale, do that. Yeah, I'd say wait for a sale. I got it on trade credit, so, you know, I would probably pay 30 bucks for it out of pocket. But no, no more than that. Like, I'm having fun with it, but the story is meh. And like I said, it can get very repetitive, but I'm enjoying myself still. So it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be I, interested. I want to play it right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to play it now, but uh, when my wife's in the room and you do the uh, sneak up attacks mm-hmm. and the enemy literally bends backwards and they're like, ah! Oh, I was like, oh, hell no. Shut I'm that going shit upstairs. Off. <laughs> Turn the shit off. I'm like, God damn it. And when you get to the part where, you know, your powers get taken away, yeah. that's literally all you can do. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not playing this for a while. <laughs> that's so funny. They're like, oh. Like, fuck. I mean, as a Shinji Mikami fan, do you think I'd be into it? Like if I really liked, you know, Resident Evil 4 and Evil Within and all that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think so. It's so, sort of like that room from control, that yeah. kind of style stuff going on in some of the scenes. Uh, I like so. that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think I have to borrow it I from know, you. It's so good. I need to finish. Oh yeah, obviously you're gonna borrow it from me. <laughs> yeah, I've been borrowing. <laughs> I've been borrowing all my games from Derek. I haven't bought shit lately. I mean, I guess I bought Kirby. <laughs> so at least there's mm-hmm. that and Pokemon. I encourage you to buy Pokemon. Well, as you know, speaking of Kirby, yeah, both of us rolled credits on that game. We and did, then, and then we, we rolled, rolled super credits, credits again, and then yeah. we rolled credits a third time. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here for you guys to talk about that because my wife's been asking me about it. Oh. I like Kirby, but like I honestly, my Nintendo games have been collecting dust for a while. Mm, okay, yeah, this is the best Kirby game I've ever played. Yeah. It is. It's really great. It's the best best one I've played for sure. Yeah, like I finished it, true ending and everything in the weekend. Like by Sun, I got it Friday. Wow. By Sunday, I was done with it. <laughs> I only just finished it today, like literally yeah. this morning. I didn't put it down. Did not yeah. put it down. <laughs> but That's... yeah, it, well, I mean, what can I say? The the end game, the post game for that game is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. That's how Kirby do. Like, I knew there'd be like a really tougher version and weird, wild, cosmic shit. Some of the enemy designs, especially towards the end, like I don't want to ruin it for people, yeah. but it it just gave me what I wanted, what I came for. You know what I mean? The combat actually gets kind of deep when you work in the blocking and the dodging and the timing and then the use of, you know, different powers that he has and how you can upgrade them. That last challenge, the Ultimate Cub Z, that kicked my butt a little bit. My son was helping me because, you know, you got little brother mode, bandana waddle D, and he's over here just furiously chucking his spear and I'm over here just furiously swinging my sword and we're both doing the best that we can. And uh, we got our ass kicked the first time, and then we we're able to kind of eke out a win. I think I had a sliver of life when the time I actually beat it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it was tough. All the boss, not all the boss designs, but most of the boss designs, especially the end game boss designs, are mwah, beautiful. Yeah, I really like Silly Dillo. I thought he was fun. 
I liked the second iteration, the beefed up iteration of King DDD. Thought that was good. I'm trying to think of like what else kind of really stood out. Claw the really... final boss's design is epic. Yeah, especially the final like, final boss. The final final. Is like the final final was like whoa, <laughs> that was wild. So yeah, I mean, for fans of Kirby games, for people who like platformers, people who like cute stuff, but also wild Cthulhu bullshit if you're in that Venn diagram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, spit out my Gatorade. I know. I just feel like I'm really unique because I like horror stuff, but I also like, like I'll see a puppy and go, oh, and I'll cry. I'll literally cry. (laughs) So I feel like that's a rare trait. So for me, Kirby just hits the sweet spot. It's perfect. I loved it so much. I really Yeah, that's a a full price. It's going to be there for a while anyway, so you might as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ben is going through it right now and just learning video games with it, which is fabulous. I love that yeah. for him. So did you have any questions or have you been playing it or are you just interested in picking it up? My wife uh, asked me about it and I was like, huh, I don't know. I was like, it looks good. Mouthful mode is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's actually used in very unique ways. It's it's such a great gameplay addition and it, and it enables you to have such awesome set pieces and the way that they work it in the challenges and later levels where you're using it in unique ways and some of the mouthful modes even play off of each other to solve environmental puzzles it's fucking awesome dude it really is like we joke about mouthful mode but it's dope (laughs) yeah full recommend for sure go pick that up definitely if you're thinking if you're on the fence do it my wife she's a gamer just like me so she's always asking me she's like what is this case like what is this kirby game does it look he's like does it look good to you i was like it does look good I don't know too much about it. Let me ask two experts. Yeah. The worst the worst part is that one of you, if you're playing co-op, one of you is going to be little brother mode because Bandana Waddle D kind of gets teleported and dragged around by where Kirby's going. And he yeah. can't use any of the mouthful motor powers. So mm. while he does have some pretty cool spear moves, like there's, you know, different types of charge attacks. At the end of the day, he's still limited as a character. You know what I mean? It's really Kirby's show. Watch her play Kirby's game. If you guys do co-op, you have to probably do your own separate files because I think both of you are going to want to experience the gameplay as Kirby, and you're just not yeah. going to get that from a single co-op experience. Mm-hmm. So that's the only cool, thing. Cool. But yeah, let's see. I played one more game. I borrowed Horizon Forbidden West from Derek. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I got past the opening like tutorial mission section, and I got into like the first kind of open map with the first town and I'm doing side missions and learning that the purveyor of this town sucks. Everybody hates him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like fighting machines like a badass and feeling really awesome and like shooting. I'm investing in the hunter. So I have like lots of concentration to shoot slow-mo arrows, yeah. knocking pieces off the robot dinosaurs and remembering why I platinum the first game originally. I think the reason why I was not super eager to play this game is because I remember playing Zero Dawn finishing it 100%ing it and then just not thinking about it afterwards but what i forgot is i did have a really good time while i was playing it and that's what's happening now so i'm pleasantly not surprised but uh i don't know i I, i'm really enjoying it and i kind of wish i had bought it instead of dying light 2 to be honest (laughs) you and me both man oh my god dying light 2 sucks (laughs) i i bought it full price not only did i buy it full price i accidentally clicked the wrong thing yeah, so, wow. Who has two thumbs and a non-refundable art book? Oh this no! <laughs> Why? Why? How far? How far did you get? Did you did you finish it or? Oh, I'm probably never gonna touch that game again. Did you get uh, to the Rosario Dawson part at least? Where, if I remember correctly, they want me to go to the. I have to try to get into this 
bar place i don't know yeah all i remember is the facial animations are off-putting oh they're so bad especially when they're not in cutscene yes the best part of the game at least for me are the chase sequences and like that's supposed to be a punishment i was like why is that so cool (laughs) if it's a punishment i'll run in front of the screamers (laughs) Yeah, the worst part is, is when you have a scripted chase sequence, it breaks down mm-hmm. if you just stop to look around. I had talked about that. There's a chase sequence yeah. when you're transitioning from the first map to the second and you're running with Rosario and you, the main bat is chasing you. Mm-hmm. And it seems really scary, but then like it's one of those things where like you take a step in this direction and the scary music cuts off. Mm-hmm. And then you take a step in this direction and zombies pour out. And then you take a step in this direction and they stop. And then you step back. And you're just kind of like, eh, 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 and it's just, it's just, you can see the seams. It sucks. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you guys were just like, hmm, what to buy? What to buy? Elden Ring? Yeah. Horizon? Mm, Dying Light 2. <laughs> of all the games. Well, I mean, like, so I what, did... what drew me to buy that game is there's a way to get like a Darth Vader force choke. That's awesome. Ability. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's basically, you got to find these little Diablo ducks that are scattered around the map. And once you have them all, you get that ability. Does that even, like, fit lore-wise? Well, and I, I really love the movement. Uh, well, it fits with the theme. There's some shit going on with the main character that they yeah. retconned from the first game. But okay. I really like the movement. <laughs> you know, like, the grappling that you could do and the parachuting. And it takes so long to get to that. Like, I, I was doing side missions at first, and I hadn't unlocked any of the, you know, traversal other than, like, your main parkour skill tree, which is honestly lacking both of the skill trees i didn't like too much i noticed that i wasn't really getting any of the cool stuff i had saw so i was like let me just beeline through the story and then by the time i got the parachute which is like the first thing that you can get that's like extra for traversing i was so bored with the game that like you i'll, I'll probably never pick it up again so <laughs> yeah i'll probably just that's horribly it. paced horribly paced i never even played the first dying light but my older brother was like oh yeah the first dying light's good you should try it out I was like, okay, never did. I was like, Dying Light 2 looks good. Maybe I'll try that. Worst decision. Yeah. Terrible. I really enjoyed the first Dying Light. I really did. I Maybe it just came out at the right time, or I just, you know, I wasn't used to that parkour-style silly gameplay. Like, there was some fun moves. Like, you could kick a zombie, and he'd go flying off a cliff. You know what I mean? The or combat you, feels really good in that game. That's the thing. The combat traversal, they nailed. And I've, I've said this before, but I've never played a game that has first-person movement that is as clean and as well done as that game. It's just, yeah. it doesn't matter how good you move around. You know what I mean? Like if everything looks the same and all the missions suck, you know what I mean? Like with Horizon, what I like about all the side missions is it kind of ties into a theme and it keeps you invested. Yeah, The side missions I'm doing in that first town all revolve around this one guy and how he sucks and everybody's talking about it. And I'm getting more lore and story. I'm getting invested in the town. I'm actually giving a damn. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, like eventually I'm like, I'm going to go kick this guy's ass out, aren't I? I can't wait. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like looking forward to the next thing. And the combat is really good, obviously. And I'm discovering new things in the skill trees in that game. Holy crap. There's so many and they're so varied. I'm like, there's so many ways to approach combat, which I love. And in this, it's like you you see its whole bag of tricks early, especially if you look over the skill tree. And then it has all those cool traversal things, but it's so far down the game that you're going to play most of it without him. So why even bother, you know? Yeah. Did you get so, the exploding spear in Horizon yet? I just got the resonator. Is that the exploding spear? Oh, it's know. the one where you build up electric <laughs> charge and then you press a button to discharge and then you yeah, shoot no, them and they it. explode. No, that's okay. not it. It's a side mission in, changed in the first town. Oh, okay. I need to confess something publicly now. The first Horizon Zero Dawn 
I bought it, and uh, it's still in its plastic. God damn. How long did you buy it? I bought it when I bought my PS4. Yeah. And it is still in its plastic. <laughs> <laughs> have not played it. The day I was going to play it, I was like, oh, there's a complete edition yeah. on PlayStation that was free if you had a... PlayStation Plus? PlayStation Plus, yeah. So I downloaded that, still have not played it. You should. Oh, no. Wait. I played a little bit of it. I made it like through the got the tutorial area. I made it through that, and I'm right before she has to do her challenge. Okay. And that was the last time I played Horizon. Not that I don't like it. It's fun. It looks great. It, it's great. It feels great. I like it. I just, I play MMOs, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, if it's not your type of game, I get it. Oh, no, it's definitely my type. I just, MMOs. When there's a lull, you should take a break from the MMOs and just play through it and its sequel. Because I think it would really play well off each other. They just launch right into the continuation of the story. Oh, perfect. They do a really good job of resetting her that in a way that makes sense. Expanding the world in a way that makes sense. And escalating the threat in a way that makes sense. Like it, I, I was really surprised by how connective this game was. It almost feels like kind of like a Marvel sequel where they had it pre-planned out when they made the first game, which they obviously didn't. But it fit really mm-hmm. well. I was like, oh, they did a good job connecting these two. I'm going to compare it to something. Let me know if I'm right. Does it feel sort of like the same way Spider-Man Miles Morales feels to the original yes. Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. That kind of, like, I would have, I like Miles Morales. It's literally one of the reasons I haven't played Horizon yet. I've been playing that. Yeah. It feels like Miles Morales, I would have been fine paying $60 for that to be DLC, just mm-hmm. as much as I'm fine with paying $60 for it as its own game. Yeah. Because it kind of does feel like long-ended DLC. Sort of like how Dragonborn feels to Skyrim. Yeah, and I would agree to that. But that it's still great and it's still worth playing, especially if you like Spider-Man. And it was fresh enough because you are playing from a new perspective. They refined the traversal gameplay just a little bit better. Like, I like swinging around as Miles more than Spider-Man in the current iterations. Because he's got that exaggerated swagger. He's got the exaggerated swagger of a black teen. What are you going to do? Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I like that. And I liked the way that they handled the police because I thought spider cop gross. But <laughs> the fact that they were like openly hostile to Miles and he was like, fuck it, I'll just figure out. And he was more like friendly neighborhood. He had the app. He was helping people. Bodega Cat is the greatest invention in video games ever. <laughs> they didn't like him because he had a black costume. <laughs> Oh, it's the black Spider-Man. <laughs> Have you played Miles Morales yet? Oh, I, I, yeah, I beat it. So the suit that Peter gives Miles in the early game. It trash. sucks. I hate it. It, it. I almost like thought he was making fun of him. Yeah. Like, this is an ugly suit. <laughs> no, it's gross. Um, it's, it's, all, it's about as ugly as Peter Parker's current face. So, yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know. Oh, I like yeah. it. I don't like the, the face. Ooh, the face. I don't like the new face because the old face fit his character in where they were placing him in the universe. That he was very mm-hmm. seasoned. He was very tired. He had worn the weight, you know, of like going through a relationship with Mary Jane and yeah. it falling apart. And he obviously had lost so much, especially by the end of the game, that yeah. this more youthful, young, fresh Spider Face doesn't really fit his character and kind of what they had put him through up to this point, you know? One thing I did like about the old face that I kind of wish they would have kept it was that if you looked at it, it sort of looks like an amalgamation of the three Spider-Man actors. Yeah. You think so? I think so. It's like they kind of meshed all, all of them together and created a face that's variants of them. I thought he looked like tired James Franco. That's what I thought he looked like. <laughs> I guess I could kind of see it with like uh, James Garfield. Is it James Garfield? And- James Garfunkel. James Garfield. 
Andrew Garfield. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel? What is it? <laughs> yeah, with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see it. But all right, man, this episode's going to be long. We're already an hour yeah. in and we haven't even got to gaming news. I think I might cancel. <laughs> I think I might cancel uh, Deep Thoughts. All right, let's get into your defense of Elden Ring. So, Elden uh-huh. Ring. This is the reason you're on the show. Elden Ring. Yes. Have you beaten it? Have I beaten it? No. Am I going to? Definitely. How many hours have you played? I have put 60 hours into it right now. Okay. You are qualified, good sir. Yes. How many times have you died? Oh, God. I don't Don't know. ask him that. I kind of missed that stone <laughs> in Dark Souls 2. There was a statue you can go to, and it had, like, the total number of player deaths. If you were connected to the network, every time uh, someone would die, that ticker would go up. Wow. <laughs> I cool. missed that. That's wild. <laughs> Honestly, Elden Ring is the best from soft game the best hands down because it lacks the uh gatekeepiness of dark souls like i didn't get to play sekiro and i didn't get to play uh bloodborne but mm-hmm. i did play all three dark souls games okay okay and playing those three one of the big things that i had an issue with was how little exploration there was so if you got to a boss that was giving you trouble your only option was to just put the game down and come back to it later and Elden ring you don't have to do that you're right. If you needed to go a different direction and try something else, your options were limited if you did have options. Right. Right. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And in this one, in Elden Ring, you can actually explore. Like, the first stone wall that people talk about is the first boss, the first major boss. Oh, yeah. Margaret. Yeah. Margaret the Fell Omen. You can actually go around him and go to the next boss if you need to. Huh. Okay. And I would argue that she's easier than Margaret. Okay. Yeah. So you can actually go around that and that would still progress the game the same way because the object is like they say the game is telling you to go here, but what they really want you to do is get that first piece of the Elden Ring. Nice. So okay. you can actually go around and do that. And that's an option. Um, there's also so much little exploration that you can do. You can power up your character pretty easily and not have to lose your runes. On top of that, there's also so many, so many sites of grace that you can fast travel between. You don't have to progress super far in the game to fast travel. Like you did in uh, the other Souls games, where mm-hmm. you had to like progress so far. He's like, okay, now you can fast travel between the bonfires. Now it's like you have two sites of grace. You can fast travel between those immediately. That's cool. They give you a horse that makes it a little better. Mounted combat feels good. Okay, I'm bad at it, so I mean, whatever. I was about to say, but I've seen like people me. who like do really well with it. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many different ways to approach the same boss that you don't really have to master this one form of combat. One of my biggest complaints with Dark Souls 1 was that they give you magic and they give you ranged weapons. However, melee, it was melee or bust. If you didn't have a melee build, you weren't going to clear that game. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, In Elden Ring, magic is the easiest way to clear things, but it's not the only way. I don't feel like I have to play this one style in order to beat that game, in order to get through these bosses. I remember beating Margit the moment I found out, oh man. I have this spell and I just need this talisman. So when I found the talisman and I can use the spell, I was able to just kind of chop him down. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not too bad. It's definitely, I mean, it's still a FromSoft game, so it still has its learning curve. Sure. Mm-hmm. The skill ceiling is not nearly as high as it has been in other FromSoft games. Okay. okay. Well, um, you brought up an interesting point, so I kind of wanted to dive into it a little further. So mm-hmm. you had mentioned that there's different ways you can approach combat. 
my experience with Dark Souls was when you picked a class in the beginning of the game, you felt kind of limited and locked in just because of how important each stat boost was and your ability to use different equipment and whatnot. Do you feel like, regardless of the class you pick, that you can, if you want to, pursue several different builds throughout the course of playing the game and you're not really handicapping yourself by trying to be a jack-of-all-trades, but rather it just allows you to kind of switch styles on the fly depending on what you need? Yes and no. Okay. Once you beat, I say second with air quotes, the second boss, you unlock this ability to where you can respec your character. Okay. Now, it costs a thing called a larval tier. It's a uh, little consumable item. You take it to her and you go through a rebirth, and then you can respec your character. The thing is, each class starts off at a different level, depending on where its stats are allocated. Mm -hmm. The deprived, I think it's called, is the only one that starts at level one, and all the base stats are 10. So if you wanted to go back to her, she gives you all of your points. She gives you all of the runes you spent. And you can re-level your character up any way you want. Okay. I mean, you're not really locked into one playstyle. Like, I started the Samurai, which starts at level 5 or 10. I can't remember what, which. And my stats can't be lower than what they were when I started Samurai. Mm, but I can play different styles, all like, as long as I got the larval tier. And they're not hard to find. Very cool. Okay, good. That, that was going to be my follow-up question. Okay, where are you going to you gonna fight a giant ogre <laughs> that kills <laughs> yeah. you in one hit uh, to get a larval tier? No, I think there's one area where they just, like, keep respawning, so you can just kind of go there and Amazing. keep grabbing them. Okay, <laughs> love yeah. it. So, I mean, it's not... I think I've got, like, I don't know, 12 of them stashed somewhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's definitely something that I'm interested in trying out. You know, talking to you and a few other people, it kind of gives me hope. But mm. th that hope has been dashed before because I, I got hope when I talked to people about Bloodborne. Like, oh, it's less focus on blocking and more on aggression. I'm like, I'm aggressive. No. <laughs> um, and then Sekiro. I'm oh, you know, video. there's more it. focus on <laughs> stealth and you get, you know, more traversal. I'm like, I like stealth and traversal. No. <laughs> that's, another that's another thing about the combat that's really different is... uh perfect guard like the parry yeah isn't inherent it's not a skill that you have at the start you have a block button the l2 or the left trigger uh, depending on what system you're playing on they have these skills that you can add to your weapons called ashes of war and they're each different little abilities that a weapon can get and you find different ashes of war or some can be inherently on an item the parry is now a ash of war for shields mm. so you just have your inherent block in order to progress, you don't have to master perfect parry to progress in this game. Like you did Yeah, like the, the design of the game isn't based around that since it's not universal. Yeah. I like that. There, again, there's different ways to approach the same boss. The bosses will react in certain ways. You basically learn their patterns and then you can kind of get through them like that. Right. It's not right. overly difficult. Okay. But it still has that pressure on you. Yeah, no. You If you mess up, sometimes mm -hmm. even once, depending on what you're doing and how early you're doing it, then that's your ass. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be something I could get into. Obviously, it's something I'm probably going to play very slowly because I suck. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe over time. Because I don't mind even something being crushingly hard if I feel mm -hmm. like I can still progress. I think it's the combination mm -hmm. of it being crushingly hard me feeling I'm not progressing fast enough and then it actively taking things away from me. And that's mm -hmm. the other thing I hear about Elden Ring is that it's easy to get your stuff back because it's not tied to the enemy that defeated you. You can just go pick it up no. off the ground. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the Souls game, it was never tied to the enemy that defeated you. Well, 
I thought that was. Uh, I, I remember having. Well, I guess if in I Bloodborne died to a boss in Bloodborne, yeah, Bloodborne it was, but... was Dark Souls uh, one, two, and three. You just kind of dropped them where and you yeah, go pick it up. Yeah, yeah. But I just felt like, and maybe this is just my memory of Dark Souls. It's been a while. When I died, it was really hard to go back and pick it up. <laughs> like, it was like it was in an area where I'd probably die on my way to get to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with this being more open world, unless you die to a boss, there's a pretty good chance you can't get back to it. And I've noticed. Correct me if I'm wrong. The places where you can save, like the in effect bonfires of this game, which are uh, what, what are they called in this game? Sites of Grace. Thank you, Sites of Grace. There seems to be a lot more of them littered throughout the land. Oh man, they, yeah, they are. A ton of them. They yeah. are, but in my opinion, some of them aren't close enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> enough. There's a lot of them. There really is, but yeah. uh, usually there's one near a boss room, which is really nice. Yeah. What I've learned to do is there's a place uh, in there called the Round Table Hold. Anytime I come across one of those fog doors, I fast travel to the round table, level up if I can, or just spend my runes so I don't lose them. Right. In case I go through nice. something difficult. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're ready to use a boss, you're like, okay, probably going to die. Let me just get rid of all my shit. <laughs> and that way it won't sting as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll grab some stuff, grab some arrows, a couple consumables. Yeah. To where losing them won't be a consequence. Right. Right. Fair enough. Okay, well, anything else you want to say about Elden Ring to adequately defend it to the listeners? <laughs> give it a try. Even if you're just borrowing it from a friend, give it a try. Just, it is, again, it's still a FromSoft game, so it is hard. But it's not knee to the face, elbow to the throat hard. It's okay. not like the, uh, it's not like, <laughs> again, this may be the first FromSoft game I actually finish. Because I have a lot of fun doing it. Okay. All right. It's pretty good. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. All right. Well, I think at this point, it's time to get to gaming news finally. Do, 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 gaming news. We had a lot of stuff on the docket, but I think we're going to cut a bit of it because the episode is running long, but that's because it's so great. We're having a really good conversation. So again, thanks for stopping by, Cardell. Not a problem, man. I know you want to quickly just shout out something that happened just recently, Derek. Yeah, E3 2022 is officially canceled. Canceled. The physical event was already canceled, but they canceled the digital event, which is like, goddamn. Yeah. (laughs) They are down bad. That's the death rattle. Yeah. E3. (laughs) Time of death, yeah. <laughs> like 2 p.m. Jeff Keighley, I'm sure, is very hey. excited. Oh, yeah. Congratulations Some, to that. Summer D- Games D-bag. Fest, baby. Yeah. And the Game Awards is going to be the... And I still feel like we're going to get a lot of news around the time. It probably just may not be as concentrated, which, cool, you know? Right. Yeah, so, I'm totally fine with that. Not a big I mean, loss. Most things do their own directs now, so... Exactly. And I like hopping on YouTube and finding random trailers that just drop. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit, there's a trailer for this? Yeah. Nice. There you go. There you go. All right, well, then the largest piece of news I did want to cover this week definitely, I think, is the reveal of the new PlayStation Plus. We had previously referred to it as Project Spartacus. We got the deets. So there are three tiers, which we had kind of known just from the leaks and the rumors. Uh, We got PlayStation Plus Essential, which is what PlayStation Plus subscribers have now. The price isn't changing. It's still 10 bucks per month, 60 bucks per year. Then you have the new extra tier, which is PlayStation Plus Extra. Ha ha. Uh, It's essentially the kind of equivalent, I would say, of the Game Pass tier for Xbox. It's 15 bucks a month or $100 yearly. Access to a library of what Sony called the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games for download. I don't know what that means. I guess we'll find out soon. The ones who gave Sony the most money. Yeah, do you remember how many games it was that they had? About 400. 
Thank you. Yeah, I think it was like 300 something, close to 400. And then the final tier, PlayStation Plus Premium, adding cloud streaming of PS3 games because even though it's probably not impossible to run a PS3 game natively on a PS5, they don't want to invest the money to do it, apparently. <laughs> and then streaming or downloading of original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP games. That is $17.99 per month or $120 annually. And again, that bumps up the number of games to play. Do you remember the n- number of games for that, Cardo? I don't. Derek, do you remember the na- number of games for Plus? It was like another 200. I feel like it was like uh, over 600. I think it was a number 340. No, that was for the extra. For the extra? Yeah, premium, they bumped it up by a lot. A significant amount. Maybe even 800. I can't remember exactly. We're terrible. This is supposed to be gaming news. Look it up, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why don't you look it up while we're talking? But I think... I can't make a value judgment on this yet. I'm definitely not going to be an early adopter. I know that they're going to be rolling it out piecemeal starting in June. They haven't given an exact date or exactly what's going to roll out and when. I feel like I just need to know what the games are. Like they said for sure, they're not going to do day one drops like Xbox does. And that already puts it down a peg Mm. depending on what they're offering on the classic game side. I mean, I do like that they do the annual bundles. You save a significant amount of money just by getting it annually. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, do I need this? And I just can't answer that question until I know what games they're putting on there. You know what I mean? You know, uh, premium ads are extra 340. Okay, so what's the total? Which includes uh, original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP. So you have to get the premium to get the old shit. Yeah, no, but... 340 on top of what? Like, what's the extra got? We need to get the total number. Oh, on top of the 400 from the extra. So it is close so to 800. Okay, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. That's, that's what not I thought. bad. Yeah. It's a lot of fucking games. I hear a lot of people knocking it. Well, what do you think? What's your opinion? I think it's fine. Yeah? Literally, depending on what games are in the premium, because that's what I'm going to go for. Yeah. It literally just depends on if there's anything I want to play. Like, yeah, 800... So games is a lot, but <laughs> there can also be nothing I want to play in that 800, which is honestly, wild, they would win me over if they put really obscure PS2 games on there that are hard to find, maybe even yeah. localize or bring over some PAL versions that were only mm-hmm. in Europe. You know what I mean? In Japan. Yeah. Michigan report from hell, ghost hunter, uh, the berserk game. Maybe I don't know if that was actually translated though, but the stuff like that would get me to look into it on the retro side. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I can't make a decision. I can't shit on it either. And I think people are shitting on it because they're like, oh, this is the Game Pass killer. I don't think they ever intended it to be a Game Pass killer per se. I think this is just their version of getting your subscription dollars and they're not willing to drop their PlayStation games day one. Like they're right, OG they stuff. Because they kind of don't right. have to. It's, uh, it's a good business idea. Yeah. As a consumer, obviously, I want them to drop those games. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of friends who play Xbox, and I play my PlayStation. Yeah. And I had a lot of people telling me, Game Pass, like, well, I have my Xbox for Game Pass. And now that excuse, that's going to be harder to pull Sony people away now that they have something similar. Uh, maybe. I think Game Pass is still better. Game Pass also works on the uh, PC. Yeah, yeah, Game Pass has a lot of stuff dropping off. Like, it continuously cycles. With Sony, if it's going to be... There's Sony top first party titles and first party titles. They have more than Xbox. That's period. true. So they would have so less stuff dropping off. That is a good point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, we just don't know what the games are, though. That's the thing. Because right now, Game Pass to me is a great way to experience a lot of indie games. And I mean, I don't think it's an argument that needs to be made that Xbox has a better relationship with indie developers than Sony does. Like, mm-hmm. for sure. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But so you have that angle, then you have the fact that all of their either first party and a lot of third party drops day one. 
I mean, you know, yeah. recently, I think what, what the Rainbow Six game did, you know, so that was uh-huh. a third party example. And yeah, while Sony has pound for pound more heavy hitters that they could directly inc- compete and they're choosing not to, I just, I need to see the games. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like that it's not that expensive either. Like for a year of premiums, 120. What is it for a year of Xbox Ultimate? Yeah. And I, I don't think you can get an annual for Ultimate. So I think you're just paying 15 bucks a month. Like you oh, just okay. are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong. It's automatically more expensive. It's $180 for Ultimate if it is indeed $15 a month. Okay. As opposed to 120 for so you're literally saving sixty not saving sixty. I mean again, we can't we can't compare it apples to apples. Yeah, we can't. If you're gonna have just one subscription service and you're not too particular about the games you have access to, just that you have access to a lot of them, then yeah, I guess you can make that base comparison. Mm-hmm. But again, it just depends on the type of gamer you are and the games that you want to play. You know what I mean? It's quality over quantity. Yeah, I feel like if you're more multiplayer focused, if you're indie focused, if you like Xbox's offering traditionally, that's going to be the better deal hands down, even if we do see the games. But, you know, depending on the type of games you're into and how Sony rolls this out, like you said, it could stop people from needing to do the Game Pass or that being as attractive, or it could get people to move over. Who knows? So... All right. Well, I think that'll do it for gaming news. We will cover the remainder stories next week. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate you guys sticking with us because, like I said, it's been a great games discussion. This is the most video games we discussed in the video games podcast in a while. Whew. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got just one question for you this week, Derek, and feel free to chime in if you've checked it out as well, Cardell. What you feeling this week? I am feeling an anime on Netflix called Kotaro Lives Alone. Me too. It's totally what I'm feeling this week. Yeah, I actually watched it a few weeks before you, or watched a few episodes a few weeks before you, but it's basically about a four-year-old kid who lives by himself in his apartment complex. His neighbors slowly start to figure out, like, this little kid lives by himself, and they just kind of start turning into this family unit. And he speaks in, like, this old (laughs) feudal Japan speak because of his uh, favorite TV show he likes to watch. He's like... I must away. Yeah. And thank yeah. you My very lady. much, madam. Thank you, kind sir. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's very funny. I don't even think to listen to it in Japanese because I'm like, the English is just so fun for me. The English is pretty good. Yeah. I was very charmed by this show. I don't know exactly when it dropped. I know it's new-ish. Yeah. And you can tell it's adapted from a manga just by the kind of serialized episodic nature of it. Like, it definitely has an overarching story and theme, but there's little snippets of Kotaro's life that you get to see. I love that it's presented in anime because I think if this was presented in any other medium, I couldn't buy it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The kid would need to be older. But because it's in an anime and anime is already fantastical, the fact that he's four and he speaks so well and he's able to live on his own, I was like, okay, I'm into it. And because they have that device, he can be really cute and he can go through kindergarten and then they can begin to explore these themes that they get into as the show progresses. Themes of what it means to be a parent or a guardian. Who are you in the life of a child if you look after them or take care of them? Domestic abuse, child abuse, uh, living in a group home, dealing with conflicting feelings if one of your parents is depressed or one of your parents is abusive. I mean, it goes into some heavy shit. And it, it, especially for anime, because sometimes they can be really sloppy with this. I feel like it does... Mm-hmm. it. It works with those themes surprisingly well. Yeah, I think I've only seen like four or five episodes. I just found out why he lives by himself. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
So I have wild. to admit, like the show made me cry more than once. Like I was like, oh. <laughs> like no, it, it, it it's really <laughs> really heartfelt. I I basically I binged it, which I don't like to do, but I binged it last weekend. So I've seen the whole okay. show, and now I'm watching it episode by episode with my family. Like uh, Kristen and Ben are watching it with me, and they they love oh, it too. That's cool. Yeah, oh. it's been like a family show for us. So Ben, you're you're gonna be upset because Ben's gonna start talking like the <laughs> If he does, that would be awesome. I hope, he, I hope he carries around a sword and he's like, oh, wait with you. <laughs> that would be great. He laughs. He thinks the show is funny. And obviously some of the themes are going over his head. But I mean, all of us are getting different things out of it. And we're really enjoying it. Ah, oh, such a good show. Recommend. Have you seen it, Cardell? I have not, but I'll have to check it out. Is it on Netflix? It is. Yep. It's so good. Okay. I'll definitely Please check watch it, it out. Yes. Yes. That makes me want to watch it, uh, finish it even quicker because... <laughs> Because we're just kind of watching it lackadaisically. Yeah. I, this no. is literally the first time I've heard of it, and it definitely sounds like something up my alley. It's pretty new. It's pretty new. And I'm not like a big anime guy. I'm very selective with my anime, but it immediately hooked me, and I just I, I loved it more and more with each episode. I am like madly in love with this show, and I can't wait for I, I assume there's going to be a season two. Uh, so I can't wait for that to drop whenever it, they decide to go ahead and continue with it. So as many people as can watch it, so Netflix goes, okay, it's bringing in viewers. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's green light season two. Cardell, what you feeling this week? I, with your permission, would like to ask the viewers a question. And you guys as well. Fair enough. All right. So you guys have kids. Yeah, true. So your kid comes to you one day and asks, what did you play when you were younger? What was your favorite game that you want your kid to experience? What would you show them? Hmm. What would you make them play? What would you let them play? I kind of feel like we're already right. doing that in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I uh -huh. mean, but I haven't exposed Ben to a whole lot of retro games. I feel like if I wanted him to really get to know me and like my my love of video games and where it started, because we, we answered some similar questions when we had Jed on recently. Or no, I think we were on Jed's show. Yeah. The Gamer Parent Strategy Guide. We had a lot of fun with that discussion and we talked about some monumental games in our life. I think for me, if I could reset and have him play just one game, it would either be River City Ransom just for the beat em up gameplay and the RPG elements or The Legend of Zelda on the NES. One of those two, I think, would be an amazing start. Yeah, for me, it would be either Super Mario World or Crash Bandicoot. Which she kind of is playing Crash Bandicoot right now. She is. She's playing yeah. the uh, she's insane trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So she is uh, learning that. And like when she's a little bit older, I would love for her to play Final Fantasy VIII somehow. Hopefully, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> hopefully there's like a remade version or with better like graphics because I can tell. I'll have to look up the article and I may send it to you. But there was something about a Final Fantasy VIII remake. Oh my god, we'll be all over that for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's not our but favorite Final Fantasy, it. but it's both of our first. And I got to be around if Nora ever plays it too, because that's uh, we both got to see that definitely. She's gonna be like, "What time <laughs> travel?" <Whoa." laughs> I don't have children, unfortunately, but I think if I ever get a kid, I would want them to play. The first video game I ever played, which was Super Mario All Stars for the Super Nintendo, that'd be the one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, because it includes all of the uh, you know the Mario games and that Mario. F it's, it's Super Mario World style, right? Yeah, it's all Super Mario. Yeah. Uh, it's it's more like one of the first HD collections, right? Yeah, yeah. So it had like <laughs> first a compilation disc, yeah. <laughs> right? It's a compilation so, card. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I played with Super Mario All Stars a lot, and I remember playing it with my brothers. 
either that or uh, Streets of Rage for the Sega. Oh, that's a good one. I actually, man, um, you know they have the Genesis on NSO. I booted up Streets of Rage 2 just on a humbug because mm-hmm. I, the Switch was upstairs and I didn't really have anything I wanted to play. And Ben was tired of playing video games. He's like, you play something, Dad. I was like, okay. And I went through the whole game just whooping ass. Like, I didn't lose a single life. Really? I was like, holy shit. Why, yeah. When did I become a Streets of Rage 2 savant? <laughs> I did. I Muscle memory. I, you'll never forget. I guess, man, because I don't know if I ever played it that good when I was younger, but I was crushing it with Alex. I was doing really good. So, I don't know. I'm apparently really good at Streets of Rage 2. That's, nice. that's yep. good to know. All right. Well, I think that's a show, guys. Yeah, that's the show. All right, let's give it up to our sponsor. We'll come back and we will plug. So stick around for that, please. We'll be back in a moment. All right, and we're back. So, Derek, Mm. the games, the goodies, the more, you know what it is. You're out here selling wonderful things for the gamers of the world, but where can they locate these things at? They can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. Instagram at Gamer Goodies More and Twitter at Goodies underscore more. I'm adding so much stuff every week. You have no idea. Like it's right well, right now I have about six hundred and fifty listings. I at one point I had about a thousand, but I just slacked off on my listing. But I'm continuously adding more stuff. I'm selling through this, some Power Ranger stuff. And if you're into that, you gotta get on there now because the Power Ranger stuff is like really hot. Hot. Really, really hot. Hot cakes. <laughs> <laughs> all right don't forget we upload new episodes to our hub at anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod every single sunday but our podcast is also available on other platforms like breaker google Podcasts, overcast pocketcast radio public apple Podcasts, and spotify find us on the social medias people the the social medias i'm not keeping up with by the way i'm sorry about that uh tiktok.com <laughs> slash at player two is enter the pod facebook.com slash player two is enter the pod youtube.com slash player two is enter the podcast I will eventually get back to it. Newborn. You know what it is if you're a parent of a young child. But subscribe. Send us questions. Yeah. (laughs) Send us questions. (laughs) Subscribe, comment, share, rate, all that good stuff. It really helps us out. Keeps us in that algorithm while I'm not uploading. And then eventually when I get back to it, hopefully we can just hit the ground running. Uh, If you really want to support us, of course, we have a Patreon.com slash Player 2 is the the pod. Shout out to our patron, Jordan. I appreciate you. We really appreciate you. We have a listener question that we need to go over. And for the person who submitted the listener question, please know that we will definitely answer that next week. So stay tuned. And Cardell, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate when you come on the show. Thank you. It's good to to be back. (laughs) It it was great to have you back. You're always welcome. If you think you just feel passionately, you got to come on the show and talk about a game. You enrich us with your presence. So thank you so much. Uh, To those who showed up this week to listen, we appreciate you, we love you, and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Peace.